0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 60 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So I'm back again for another week. Uh, Joe is away again this week, so he's taking a bit of time off after the sprint in Cape Town uh, last week. Uh, so you'll just have me going through uh, the weekend security updates and then a bit of discussion about uh, some community news as well. So yeah, let's just get straight into it. So uh, this week the team have resolved 91 unique CVEs across the supported Ubuntu releases. First up uh, was Python apt. So this is a Python package for handling various parts of apt uh, and a bunch of other packages then use this, things like app daemon and the like. Uh, two different CVEs were fixed for uh, all of our supported releases going all the way back to our extended security maintenance releases. So that is uh, both 1204 and 1404 extended security maintenance, uh, Xenial, Bionic, Disco and Eowyn. Uh, The first of these had had an issue where it would still use the MD5 hash to validate downloads and so when uh, we publish um, our package archives, we generate a bunch of hashes of the various packages in there, that list of hashes gets signed and that's then what is used to validate the packages that get downloaded by apt. Uh, Python apt would just use the MD5 hashes to validate that and because MD5 has been broken for a while uh, it is or could be possible that they could have been um, impersonated and so that has been fixed now to instead uh, validate all of the hashes so we don't just publish MD5 sums but we publish uh, SHA-1, SHA-256 sums uh, for the different package archives as well so that will make that more secure for anything that's using Python apt. Plus, uh, another change was made to ensure that the repository is trusted before downloading from it. So in some cases, you could configure a repository. It may not be trusted because perhaps you hadn't imported the uh, GBG key that was used to sign the list of hashes there. And so then apt shouldn't trust that. And if you're doing, say, an apt update, it will actually tell you it's not going to trust that and not use it. But Python apt, unfortunately, uh, being different code base, uh, would uh, trust that potentially. And so now that has been changed to always check and verify that it is trusted uh, unless you have manually gone and configure it to be untrusted. Yeah, so they've been updated for Python apt. We had another update for Graphics Magic. So uh, over the last about five or so episodes, I've mentioned updates for Graphics Magic uh, each week nearly. And so, yeah, it's the usual kind of stuff here. Uh, one of our engineers uh, has been going back and kind of addressing a lot of outstanding uh, CVs in Graphics Magic. And so it's kind of doing incremental updates to support that. So, yeah, if you want to know more about these sorts of things, go listen back to episodes 59, 57, and 55 for that. Uh, we had an update for Zlib So four different CVs that were addressed for Zlib in Xenial. Uh, These were all low-priority things, but because of there being four of them, we had decided to address them all together, and it was from a a bit of an old report, actually, of a security audit that Trail of Bits had done of the Zlib code base, I think back in 2016, and it really just found a bunch of different bits of undefined behavior as per the C standard and depending on what compiler was used then these could then actually cause issues or not maybe so a bunch of these were optimizations the zlib developers had put in there uh to try and make certain things faster but you know they were undefined behavior things like uh, pre incrementing a pointer for uh the memory that it was pointing to was uh, necessarily allocated uh and uh shifting by negative indices and things like that um and so yeah they were all just fixed essentially as you know little fix ups so it may potentially slightly impact performance but uh, yeah you're actually getting a lot safer implementation as a result. Uh, We updated e2fs progs so this is a package that uh, in particular provides the e2fsck command which is used for checking um, file system validity and in this case there was an issue it there was a stack buffer overflow when um handling specially crafted X4 file system images. So if an attacker could trick you into FSCKing a specially crafted X4 file system image, they could potentially get code execution or at least you know, crash your instance of FSCK. So that was fixed for our extended security maintenance releases Xenial, Bionic, Disco, and Ewan. We had an update for GNU TLS uh, in both Xenil and Bionic. So last week, back in episode 59, I talked about how we had updated GNU TLS to disable SHA-1 for digital signature uh, verification. And so uh, this update, adds in support for using the verify LL broken or verify LL sign with SHA-1 priority strings so that you can actually override that behavior because in uh, some you know, corporate environments and others, people are still using SHA-1-based uh, digital signatures and that was then you know, stopping GNU TLS being able to use those uh, you know, TLS connections. So yeah, they can now specify that uh, in the priority string to make sure it is still able to be used. We had an update for clam AV as well. Uh, this was for our extended security maintenance releases. So again, last week I talked about an update for CLAM-AV for our uh, regular releases, and this has now been backported for the ESM releases as well. So if you are uh, using 1204 or 14.04 ESM, uh, you have now got that as well. We updated uh, MySQL, so 14 different CVEs were addressed for that in Xenial, Bionic, and Ewan. This is uh, the latest upstream, you know, bug fix release so in Xenium bionic that's 5.7.29 and in elin that's 8.0.19 and it fixes a raft of different issues the usual kind of stuff that we see for mysql uh, if you want more details you can go and read the excellent uh, ubuntu security notice for that that is linked to in the show notes Uh, Similarly we updated Tomcat in Xenial uh, and we went on to update tcpdump so 28 different CVEs were addressed for tcpdump and this is for both precise and trusty extended security maintenance uh, Xenial and Bionic so these older uh, releases of tcpdump As I say, 28 different CVs here, so a mammoth effort by uh, Mark Delorier on this one. And this is the usual sort of stuff we see for TCP dump because it parses random different protocols, uh, has a bunch of different dissectors to handle that. Uh, Most of them end up having different buffer overflows and the like that uh, can occur. And so uh, your usual impacts from these are likely a crash, uh, therefore denial of service, but could potentially be code execution as uh, whoever you're running TCP dump has. Now, Often people will run TCP dump as root so that they can capture from a particular network interface. Uh, That uh, on the surface would sound like then you could potentially get a a root code execution as a result of these sorts of issues. But in general, TCP dump uh, by default will drop permissions to the TCP dump user after opening the capture device if you are running it as root. So in general, you you don't get root code execution as a result, you just get execution as the TCP dump user. So that makes that kind of somewhat safer and mitigates the impact of some of these vulnerabilities. Uh, Then we had updates for the kernel. And so I'm going to try and group some of these together where we've got similar vulnerabilities. And so we had an update for the kernel in Eowyn. That's our 5.3-based kernel, which is now also the hardware enablement kernel in Bionic. And in this case, it was one CV that was updated uh, in Intel GPUs. So it's actually a hardware flaw where the GPU would fail to clear state during contact switches. And therefore, you could potentially get information leaked between different users. Uh, so as you switch context, you know, the old state is still there, and they could potentially read out you know, pointers and other sorts of info from the GPU memory. Uh, so what was done here was an update to the driver to forcibly clear state uh, across that. Then we had an update for the kernel in Bionic. That's our 4.15 kernel, and is also used as the hardware enablement kernel for Zenial. So this also had that uh, GPU state info leak uh, fix, plus another fix for the Intel GPU driver, which was a possible use after free in the i915 driver. And so being a use after free, uh, the kind of impact from this usually is a crash and denial of service, but that's at the kernel level. So you're essentially getting oops for the whole system, but you could possibly get code execution as well. So yeah, that's been fixed for uh, the bionic kernel. We then updated the uh, Bionic-based kernel that is used on on our different cloud platforms, so AWS, GCP, GKE, that kind of thing. That's a 5.0-based kernel, so that's still based on the kernel that was used in the Ubuntu 19.04 Disco Dingo release, and there are actually 15 different CVEs that were fixed in this, so a fair bit of work went into that one. I'm only going to go through uh, the more higher-priority ones of these, so there was an out-of-bounds write in the KVM hypervisor, which was uh, done via the dev KVM device. So in general, that's not accessible by uh, regular users in Ubuntu, Uh, but depending on how you've got things set up, that might be. There's also an issue where virtual console drivers could allow uh, writes via unimplemented Unicode devices. So uh, that would then likely result in an out of bounds memory access and a crash. There were also a couple different memory leaks in the crypto subsystem that could occur on various failure conditions or error conditions, and because these are usually uh, local user accessible, uh, that could result in a local user user triggerable denial of service via memory exhaustion at the kernel. And finally, there was a fix for a null pointer dereference in the Atheros uh, wireless USB device driver. Uh, Then we updated the kernel uh, finally in uh, Xenial, which is the 4.4-based kernel, and that is also used as the uh, Xenial uh, hardware enablement kernel for trusty extended security maintenance, or 14.04 extended security maintenance. Uh, Again, nine different CVEs were resolved there, but uh, the... A lot of those were low priority, but the higher priority ones, again, were the out-of-bounds write in the KVM hypervisor, uh, dev KVM device, the crypto memory leaks, and the Intel GPU driver info leak as well. So that's it for kernel updates. Uh, and then there were just a few more package updates as well for the week. So Cyrus uh, Sazzle, uh, the package in uh, both our extended security maintenance releases, Xenial, Bionic, and Ewan was updated for a single CVE. There was an out-of-bounds write uh, due to an off-by-one error and so that could result in a crash or potential code execution as well this is actually originally reported as a crash in OpenLDAP because it was using cyrus sazzle and was able to be triggered by unauthenticated remote users but yeah really an issue in cyrus sazzle itself so that was updated uh, then we had an update for libgcrypt in our extended security maintenance releases. So back in episode 59 last week, I talked about an update for, all this update for libgcrypt in our regular releases. So now we've backported that to extended security maintenance customers. And this was for an ECDSA side channel timing attack. And finally, we had an OpenJDK update as well. And so this was an update to the latest upstream release, which is 11.0 to six, which included a bunch of different, uh, eight different uh, security fixes as well. And that was for Xenil, Bionic and Eowyn. And that's it for the week in security updates. So as I mentioned at the start, we've also got a bit of uh, news about uh, the Ubuntu security community. So uh, Matthew Paul Thomas, or MPT as he's more commonly known, uh, one of the designers uh, at Canonical who works on Ubuntu, put out a call for feedback on some plans to move the Ubuntu security notices or USNs, as they're commonly known, from usn.ubuntu.com to instead live under ubuntu.com slash security. So to kind of move them into the main uh, ubuntu.com website. And this was originally announced back in October. He'd posted that to the Ubuntu hardened mailing list for feedback and there wasn't much feedback there. So this time he's posted kind of a call for feedback on discourse.ubuntu.com. I've got a link to this in the show notes and what he's done there is he's posted a mock-up, I guess, of the resulting pages and how that might work. Really what they're looking to do there is to make uh, the notices more discoverable and to be more easily searched, that kind of thing. Uh, and so yeah, it has got some mock-ups there of what the resulting things would look like and how it would all work. So if you uh, are a regular consumer of usn.ubuntu.com uh, this would be of interest to you so I urge you to go check out that link in the show notes and provide any feedback that you may have to MPT. Okay, so that's it for this week's episode. So a bit of a shorter one this week. Uh, With any luck, I'll have Joe back again next week and we'll talk to you about some awesome Ubuntu security stuff then. But in the meantime, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at security@ubuntu.com, or you can come onto the Freenode IRC network and find us in the Ubuntu Harden channel. Or if you want to get on to us on discourse.ubuntu.com, you can. Or in particular, if you want to leave feedback for MPT on his design that I mentioned earlier, please go and do that. Or finally, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Ubuntu underscore So thanks everyone for listening again for another week. Remember, keep calm and we've got your back and I will speak to you soon. Bye.